0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. What an interesting time we're living in right now. If you think about it, everyone in the world, 7 billion people, are thinking the same thing you're thinking. And sometimes we lose track of that because we get in our own heads and in our own minds. But the truth is, we're all in this together. And we're in the middle of a series, or I should say we're at the end of a series called Refresh. And it's a series designed to evaluate the condition of our souls, to reconnect with God on a deep spiritual level, and just do an assessment of how we're doing spiritually in our bodies and in our souls, And today I want to wrap up this series and entitle this message, How to Stay Calm. And staying calm is easy to talk about. And it's easy to read scripture in the Bible that talks about staying calm. But the truth is, in the face of adversity, it's much harder to do. Emotions like fear, worry, stress, anger frustration. They tend to lead the way when life becomes uncertain. And when our circumstances change from time to time and life isn't the way it used to be, that's when these negative emotions can really take over. That's why it's so important to stay calm. I'll never forget the first time I saw a change in a circumstance really affect an entire group of people. When I was a teenager, 17 or 18 years old, one night I told my, my parents that I was going over to a friend's house. And I did, I went over to that friend's house. But then me and that friend, we ended up going to a teenage dance club for the first time. And we thought we were so cool and we're sitting in this teenage dance club and we're dancing and we're having fun. And then all of a sudden, this place just started getting packed and packed and packed with people, more people, more people. And I remember thinking to myself, this is way too small of a place to have this many people in it. And sure enough, uh, as the night went on, these people started bumping into each other and a fight broke out in the middle of this dance club. And all of a sudden, several people started fighting 10 people, 15, 20 people started fighting. And that's when the crowd began to get unruly. People were bumping into each other. You began to hear screaming. You began to hear people panic. You began to hear uh, loud noises and fighting and it was kind of like when Art Van announced that they were going out of business. It was kind of a similar crowd to that crowd. And that was the first time I was in a situation where people got panicky and Honestly, in that situation, they got selfish. They went into survival mode. They started only thinking about themselves and how they could get out of there. And this club ended up having to tear gas the place. And luckily, I got out before the tear gas. But it serves me right for maybe lying to my parents. So sorry, Mom and Dad, for doing that behind your back. And you have to find out this way. But anyway, sometimes life, when it gets out of control, when it's uncertain it leads to some negative emotions and people start to panic. And with the state of our world right now, amidst the way our country and our state is, it's easy to talk about staying calm, but much harder to put that into practice. How do we do it? How do we stay calm? Well, I want to look at a passage of scripture found in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. And as you're getting there, we're also going to put the the scripture on the screen, but I want to give a little context to what's happening during this time. What's happening is God sends Moses to go to Egypt to let his people go. You see, the, the Israelites were enslaved to Egypt for 430 years. It's a long time. And the Bible says that God heard the cry of his people And he sent Moses to rescue his people, to free his people from slavery. So Moses goes to Pharaoh, and we know that we see miraculous signs and wonders. And after all these wonders and signs that God performs, Pharaoh finally decides to let the Israelites go. And we're going to pick up the story in Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. The Bible says, When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. I want you to remember that phrase. The Israelites were marching out boldly at this point. Verse 9, the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. Listen to this in verse 13. This is amazing. These words are amazing. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to stay calm. That is powerful. You need to do nothing but stay calm. God's fighting for you. Don't forget what you just saw. God will be there for you. He's going to fight this battle. The fear that you're feeling, you're not going to feel it after today. Just stay calm. It's powerful. And you, you might know how the story ends. Of course, Moses leads the people to the Red Sea. The Red Sea parts The Israelites move through and get to the other side and then as the Egyptians pursue them they're swallowed up in the Red Sea and they never saw those Egyptians again. So why were the Israelites so fearful when they saw the Egyptians coming? Why were they so afraid? Didn't they trust God? Didn't they believe he was going to come through for them? Well, You see, it's easy to say we trust God until life starts spinning out of control, until fear, worry, anxiety, and panic take over. When our circumstances change and life is unknown and our futures don't look as bright as they did before or as hopeful as they did before, that's when frustration, fear, and anger, and worry, and chaos can take over. And if we're going to stay calm in the midst of that, then we need to do two things. Number one, we need to stay in the present. It is so important to stay in the present moment. You see, fear and anger will cause us to worry and even panic. The emotions of fear and stress will often lead to even physical symptoms in our bodies because the mind is powerful. It can actually produce physical symptoms negative physical physical problems in our bodies. And it's our brain's response to our situation. It's trying to protect us from what's happening around us, from danger. And once this occurs, when fear takes over, and when our brains start going uh, crazy in, in the midst of panicky situations, we start playing the second guessing game. We start playing the worst case scenario game and we start playing the what if game. What if this happens? And these what if situations are in the future that may or may not even ever happen, but our minds start to play these scenarios out over and over again. We go to the worst case scenario, and then we start saying, if only I would have done this, or if only I did this, or if only this would have happened. And all that does, is lead to toxic thinking in our brains and in our minds, and it leads to emotional and physical pain and uncertainty. If you look at the Israelites' story, God delivered them from Egypt. He performed miraculous signs and wonders to get them out of Egypt, where they were slaves and in bondage and lived horrible lives. He did so much for them just to get them out of there. And then once they left, he literally led them by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. God was leading them. They could see this cloud moving and all they had to do was follow it. And because of it, they were marching boldly. They were in the present. They were praising God for what he had done. But the first sign of uncertainty when they heard the Egyptian horses coming, when they saw them in the distance, they stopped trusting God. They let their negative emotions take over and that began to control how they thought and how they acted. Listen again in verse 10. It says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and they were, or I'm sorry, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and they were there were the Egyptians. Marching after them, they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there are no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? That's pretty extreme, isn't it? I mean, in verse 8, they were marching boldly. They were staying in the present. They were praising God and celebrating. Well, what changed? What changed? Their circumstances became uncertain fear took over and immediately they got out of the present moment and started going to the worst case scenario we're going to die and we judge them for that and we say how could they do that after seeing the hand of god in their lives so much but don't look now it's happening to us right now with the coronavirus people went from peaceful everyday living to bum-rushing grocery stores and buying all the toilet paper in the country. What changed? How did we go from being peaceful and calm and having whatever we needed at whatever grocery store we chose to go to, to now going to the grocery store and there being a little bit of an eerie feeling in the air and they're out of things that we want and that we need. What happened? Well. This virus started to spread. The media began to talk all about it. Then schools started to shut down. Public gatherings started to shut down. Sports events started to shut down. Churches couldn't hold services. And all of a sudden, things that have never happened in our country before were happening. And that circumstance created fear and enough fear for us to jump out of the present moment and into the what-if, worst-case scenario mode. And that's what we're seeing right now. Now, don't get me wrong. It's good to be prepared. I'm not saying we shouldn't be prepared and we shouldn't have things that are essential to our lives. But the problem is this. Fear is a powerful motivator, but a terrible leader. And way too many people, including Christians, unfortunately, are being led by fear right now. This is why it's so important to stay in the present. Listen, we don't know what tomorrow looks like. Things are changing rapidly. They're changing so fast. All we have is today. All we have is this present moment. And we have to decide something. Do we trust God or don't we? That's the choice. We have to ask ourselves, do we really trust God or don't we? And Jesus tried to teach us this concept of staying present. In fact, in the Lord's Prayer, he says this exact line, Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need for today. And if you look back at the Israelites' story, after they crossed the Red Sea, they were in the desert and they were celebrating. But then once again, they started to get hungry and they started complaining to Moses, did you bring us out to the desert for, for us to starve to death? Is that what's going to happen now? We, at least we had food. At least we had all we could eat back in Egypt. But now you brought us out to this desert and we're about to die. Once again, they go back to if only we would have stayed in Egypt, which they were slaves and had terrible lives and they were looking back with rose-colored glasses at the situation. So they played the if only game then they said they went to the worst case scenario well we don't have food so we're going to die out here but it wasn't true it's a lie and what happened is god was trying to teach his people to depend on him every single day not depend on the egyptians not depend on the government not depend on other people for things not on material things, not on wealth, but on him. And so God, what he does miraculously for the Israelites in this time is every day they wake up and they go outside and there's manna there waiting for them, which was bread. And in order to teach them complete dependence on him, God himself said, don't take more than you need for the day. I only want you to take what you need for the day. Don't take enough for tomorrow or the next day. Take what you need for today. And what did the Israelites do? They went out there and a lot of them took for more than they needed. And the next morning when they woke up, the bread had spoiled because they had a scarcity mindset. They thought, what if I what if the manna isn't there tomorrow? What if God isn't, what if I can't trust God? And he provided today, but he's not going to provide for tomorrow. And we get so frustrated with the Israelites when we read this, but what are we doing? We're doing the same thing right now. We, do we really believe that we'll have food for tomorrow and the next day? Will God really come through? Will he deliver us from what we're walking through as a country and as a world right now? I mean, the governor already told us that the grocery stores and pharmacies are going to remain open right now. But yet people are still gathering what they need for months instead of what they need for a few days. And what happens? That empty shelf, you go to the grocery store, you try to get what you're looking for, and it's not there, creates panic and it creates fear. And we go to worst case scenario. And we're not used to this, especially in our country, because we have all you could ever want here. But staying in the present is so crucial in today's time. We've gotta do it. Today, I have enough food. Today, I'm gonna be just fine. When I woke up this morning, two squirrels were chasing each other, birds were chirping. I opened up my refrigerator and pantry and had enough for what I need to feed myself today. Stay in the present moment. If we are going to stay calm, the first thing we have to do is stay in the present. The second thing we've got to do is reconceptualize our thinking, or as the Bible puts it, renew our minds. Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. See, we're not supposed to follow the patterns of this world if we're Christian believers. We don't have to operate right now in fear and panic because we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. In fact, Jesus said this in John 14, 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus himself said, listen, everyone, you know me. I'm going to give you peace. And it's not going to look like what the world looks like. You're going to have a supernatural peace. But what I found is we still have to walk in that peace. We still have to choose peace. See, just because Jesus provided peace for us, just because he redeemed us on the cross, we still have to respond to that and we still have to walk in that peace. And that's what putting on the armor of God is all about in Ephesians 6. When I put on the helmet of salvation, I have to choose to put it on. And the helmet of salvation is all about thinking differently than the world thinks. It's about thinking from a kingdom perspective, from a God perspective. And when you think from a kingdom and a God perspective, full of redemption, with full of the Holy Spirit, we can actually live our lives a lot different than other people. And I want to tell you something. We're going to have negative emotions. We are human beings. If you're not a little scared sometimes during the day, you're not human. If you don't have a fearful thought, if you don't feel a little anxious or a little stressed, if you don't feel a little bit worried about what's going on, you're probably not a human being because this is unprecedented territory for us. And so our human nature, being a human being, we're going to be led by negative emotions. I have. I've been scared at times during this crisis. I've had fearful thoughts. I've allowed my brain to go to worst case scenario every once in a while. And it's okay. Don't be so hard on yourself because as Christians, especially, we don't want to be afraid. We know peace is available to us. So sometimes when we get fearful, we get shameful. I'm ashamed that I'm fearful. Why don't I trust God more? Why can't I have peace right now? And really, that only begins to make things worse. The truth is, we are going to be afraid every once in a while. David himself said that in the Psalms. He said, when I am afraid, I trust in God. Not if I get afraid, but when I am afraid. So we're going to experience that. But what we need to do is when we experience the negative thinking, the worry, the fear, the panic, we need to recognize it and reconceptualize it. Recognize it and reconceptualize it. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Here's a thought that could go through our minds very easily. The coronavirus is a pandemic. It's scary. What if I get it? What if a family member gets it? It's changing our life right now. What if the stores don't have what I need? What if the economy collapses? What if I lose everything? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my house? What if I can't provide? It's very easy to go to these what if scenarios. So when that happens, just recognize it, and then try to tell yourself what could be true. What is the positive things that could come out of this experience we're in right now? Maybe tell yourself this. This is an opportunity for God to be glorified. Maybe this is exactly what the world needs to bring people back to Christ, to get their eyes off of themselves and what they can do and what they can provide and put their eyes back on a God who loves them and gave everything to be with them. Maybe this will unite our country and our world. Maybe this thing will be exactly what we need at this time and become a conduit of peace in a world that lacked peace before this happened. Maybe God wants to use you to bless someone in this time. That's how we change our thinking. That's how we reconceptualize the negative to a positive. I think it's very interesting. There's a quote that I found or a segment from a a book that C.S. Lewis wrote back in 1942 called The Screwtape Letters. And I want to read you just a little portion of this book. It's an excerpt from the book where Satan and Jesus are having a conversation. And listen to the C.S. Lewis author, this is 1942, and he said, this is from Satan's perspective. Satan says, I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down business. I will shut down schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. Listen to Jesus' response to that. He says, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and their resources. Isn't that powerful that C.S. Lewis wrote this back in 1942 and it's happening right now? And so what that does is it takes the negative part. Yeah, there's so many negative ways we could look at this situation, and so many fearful things. But then there's positive things that are happening through it as well. People are coming together. I happen to be um, a part of an app or a website called Nextdoor, and this app allows you to kind of keep in touch with what what's happening with your neighbors. And people can post things of what's going on in the neighborhood and give updates and ask for things or talk about garage sales and different things that are happening in the area. Well, someone, a single mom, posted on this platform, on this next-door platform, that she was out of toilet paper and she couldn't find it at any stores and was wondering if anyone had some that she could buy at cost. And I watched as one person after the next, after the next, after the next, said, I will give you toilet paper for free. Just send me your address. I'll put it on your porch. See, we have an opportunity to come together and there are so many positive things happening right now. So it's easy to keep 24-hour news on and hear all the negative and create fear and ignore some of the positive things that are happening in our country right now and see how people are helping one another and looking out for one another. So what I want to do... As I want to give you three ways, really, you can reconceptualize your thinking. When you start to, to go a little darker, led by your negative emotions, three things to do. Because I used to think something. I used to think that fear was the opposite of faith. And if I got fearful, that meant I didn't have faith. And so I would get really mad at myself anytime I got afraid or any time I was fearful about the future. And then I realized that fear isn't the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of peace. Think about that. When you have peace, you're not afraid. You've heard, heard people say it. I don't know why I should be afraid. I'm just not. Well, you have peace. God has given you peace. And so peace is the opposite of fear. Conversely, when you're fearful or anxious or stressed what do you lack you lack peace so fear and peace are opposites and faith and trust are the vehicles that drive you from fear to peace so it's in moments like this we figure out do we trust god do we have faith that he will get us through this so i want to i want to give you three components of Reconceptualizing your thinking from fear to peace, okay? Number one, when we worry, all we got to do, worry comes into our minds, we need to worship and go to the word. Just think the W's. When you worry, go to worship and the word. Right now, worship is so crucial. It's never been more crucial. I have a playlist going all the time. And when I begin to worry, I throw on my favorite songs and I feel God's presence and his peace. I would encourage everyone to create a worship playlist that you can go to when you begin to worry. The other thing you go to is the word of God. Go to God's promises. When you begin to worry, go to the word. What I've done is I've gone through the Psalms and I've wrote all the promises of God that are in the Psalms. And the reason I love the Psalms so much is because David was going through such a trial in his life. His life was with so much, his life was filled with so much fear and uncertainty about the future. And when he's writing the Psalms, you get a raw version of David that he's crying out to God and he's being real and honest with God about how he's feeling. But then he comes through with these promises. But God, even though I'm afraid, this is who you are. Things like Psalm 16, 8 and 9. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, and my body rests secure. Promises like I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. It's in Psalm 34. So when I begin to worry, I go to worship, I go to God's promises, and I say, God, your word says you will deliver me from all my fears. God, your word says that if I keep my eyes on you, and with you at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Lord, that's your promise, and I'm holding you to it. So I want to encourage you, when you begin to worry, go to worship and the word of God, and remind God of his promises. I'm telling you, you will begin to have peace and be able to stay calm. The next thing is when you feel panic, go to prayer. Every one of us is going to feel a little moment of panic at some point during this pandemic we're experiencing. When you do, just go to prayer. Go to, let your spouse be afraid without trying to fix it. Go right to God. If your kids uh, are fearful in this time, grab their hand. And go right to God in prayer. Say, Lord, I just pray for peace. This is an uncertain time, but I pray for your peace. I pray you lead us, help us to keep our eyes on you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And I know you are going to give us peace, even in the uncertainty. The third thing is when you're tempted to be selfish, go to service. It is so easy to be selfish right now, it really is. It's so easy to only look at your own needs, your own family, to go like this, and to say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you know, right now I have my own problems and I need to provide for my own family and forget everybody else. It's easy to do. It's easy for all of us to be selfish. But I'm going to encourage you when you're tempted to be selfish, when you're tempted to only think about yourself, go to service, see what you can do to help someone else. Our food pantry is open right now. It's open. And the government, we reached out to the government and and talked to them and they asked us to stay open. And a lot of the food pantries, almost every food pantry in our area is shutting down right now. But we're staying open. And because it's because we don't want to be selfish. We want to go to service. People can't afford food right now. And we want to be able to provide for them. We want to be able to meet that need. It's easy to be selfish in this moment and to say, you know what? I'm going to hoard everything for myself. But I want to encourage you to look out for your neighbors. Look out for your friends. Look out for your family. When you're tempted to get selfish, go to service. I love that in our world, companies are are stopping production of their own goods and making masks and ventilators and hand sanitizer. What are they doing? They're saying, listen, I'm going to stop being selfish for a season and I'm going to go to service. As people of God, who have the peace of God, we are conduits of peace. We have the ability to bring peace into chaotic situations. When you're at the grocery store, smile at someone. Let them know it's going to be okay. When you talk to that cashier, don't be rude, but thank them for what they're doing and just let them know, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. I want you to know we're going to beat this. We're going to get through this. And if you need prayer for something, I'll pray for you because... I believe God's going to get us through this. Look out for other people right now because it would be easy to go to self. And when you do that, our minds begin to renew and we begin to reconceptualize our thinking because we get out of our own heads and start looking at other things. So that's very important. It's very important. And I'm telling you, when our thought life changes, my wife says this all the time, She says, sometimes our feelings don't match up with what's going on in our spirit and in our minds. So when your thought life begins to change, when you begin to renew your mind, eventually your feelings will catch up to you. So if right now you're saying, Chris, I know peace is available to me. I know what the word of God says about peace. Yet I don't feel peace. Let me tell you, I've had seasons like that in my life. Where I know the promise of God is peace, but I don't feel peace. But what I do in those moments is I physically take a step and then I spiritually take a step. I say, God, I'm stepping into peace. I don't feel peace right now. I feel anxious. I feel fear. I feel stressed. But your word promises to give me peace. And so I'm stepping into peace even though I don't feel like it. And like my wife always says, your feelings will eventually catch up to your mind and your spirit, your soul and your spirit. So put good things in your mind right now. Shut the news off every once in a while. Spend more time seeking the Lord than listening to the news. Spend more time renewing your mind with worship and the word of God and helping others. And get out of your own head. When you do that, you'll be able to reconceptualize your thinking. So how do we stay calm in the midst of all this uncertainty? Number one, stay in the present. And number two, reconceptualize our thinking, renew our minds. Let's bow our heads for prayer. What I wanna do is I wanna pray into one portion of scripture that Jesus says in John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, right before Jesus left the earth, right before he was crucified, he said this. He prayed a prayer to God. He said, Holy Father, protect them. He's talking about his disciples and his future believers. He says, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You see, Jesus prayed a prayer 2,000 years ago with you in mind. Not to take you out of this world, not to bring harm to you in this world, but to protect you. And he said, Father, protect them by the name you gave me, the name of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus. Protect your followers. Protect your people. God is going to protect us and he's going to bring us peace. And that peace is better than any human being can give because it's supernatural. So, allow yourself to believe that God will protect you. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now, as people are tuning into this, that the peace of God that transcends all understanding would fall into their room right now. That their homes would be peaceful. That their minds would be peaceful. That your presence would fill their homes. That love, joy, peace, hope, would be the norm for them, that they would be conduits of hope and peace and not conduits of fear and chaos. I pray, Lord, that supernaturally you would bring a calm into our lives. Just as Moses said, that you're gonna do the fighting for us, all we need to do is stay calm. Father, help us to do that when life gets uncertain. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. God bless you. If you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out to our church office, visit our website, the Have a Need page, and we would love to meet that need for you. You are not alone. You do not have to do this alone. We're in this together and God's got us. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.